Hello, hello, hello. I am your Leo Robitschek, hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. goosebumps. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the most is Munoz. And how y'all doing? We are barreling. And I mean barreling on a chariot of fire towards summer here in New York. Like three days ago, it was, what, 55? Now it's almost 90. And it's going to be stunning and gorgeous for the rest of the week. How are y'all doing out there? If you're not in a place with nice weather, I'm sorry to rub it in your face, but we haven't had nice weather in a really long time. But... I bet you I would put money on the fact that it may like snow here in New York by the end of April because Mother Nature is unhinged. But I will take what I can get for now. Um, Dining outside, having rosé on the roof, you know, all the wonderful things that come with the nice weather. Other than that, not much more to report. The diet is dieting and it is working. I will be in Mexico in a week for this straight wedding. Lord, help me. (laughs) But at least I'll look good, right? Right. Listen, I need to get to the getting on because I I have been literally chasing this person. I all but took a flight to LA to get this person to come on the podcast. And I am so excited that she is here. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only bad birdie. Say hi. (laughs) Hey, Michael. That was a hell of an intro. I loved it. Honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Happy to be here with you. I am I am really excited because you are doing the most on the internet and I live for every last splash <laughs> and stir, okay? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's everything. It's everything. Thank you. First and foremost, thank you for giving me time out of your very busy schedule because those videos alone, I'm sure, take hours on end. But um, 
Yeah, just thank you. I'm so appreciative to have you here and I'm so appreciative of your time. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here, be here with you. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, before we get anywhere, I got to do what I got to do. And Let's in the grand it. tradition of In Your Mouth, <laughs> I need to wish you Happy National Garlic Day. <laughs> Thank you. Garlic. Yeah. Now, In Your Mouth listeners, I'm sure you probably all already follow uh, the bird, Ms. Birdie, over here, um, and the cocktail fabulousness. How often are you putting garlic into these cocktails? You know what? I, I We actually just did a, a cocktail over at the Wolves in downtown L.A., and it has garlic in it. It's a cocktail that's supposed to taste like uh, aguachile, and, oh. um, and there's garlic in the cocktail, yeah. Oh yes! All right, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> did I did I sense an accent? Agua Chile? Uh, are we? Yeah, I'm Cuban. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now wait a minute. We may need to restart this because this <laughs> podcast with my Puerto Rican ass and your Cuban one is going oh, to we're be family. And we're, we're, we're family twice. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, listen, you are in luck because not only is it National Garlic Day, but it's also National Rice Ball Day. <laughs> I don't make these things up. That's an interesting one. Like Arancini. Um, I've been watching that. Um, what is it? Top Chef Worldwide, Top Chef mm -hmm. National Adventure, whatever Top Chef is on. Uh, it, bravo. They took like all the top chef winners from across the world and threw them into a crazy situation. So, um, and the last episode I saw was the rice episode because apparently on Top Chef, um, some of the like most amazing people go home when they have to cook rice. <laughs> I guess it's uh, not everybody's uh, skill. Can you cook rice? It's, of course, it's... of course. It's like a staple in the Cuban house. Um, uh, now, this is going to be very controversial, but I can't cook my mother's rice. <laughs> I can, like, boil in a bag. I can throw yeah. it into a cooker, you know? Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I It's something I've... Has I've she been showed you? Like, once. Okay. Like, once. But it's, like, kind of like that, like, gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to go to the grave with me. And I'm like, well, what, what sense does that make? <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what I mean. It's just like, well, then, like, how are we supposed to keep this tradition alive? But I'm going. I'm destined to pull it out of her. And I mean, you're actually really in luck. And maybe this is the luckiest day of all because I don't remember when we had the last time we had a triple day. But it's also National Amaretto Day. I saved oh, the best for last. Good. That's a good one. Is Amaretto making a comeback? I love Amaretto sours. Really? What, yeah. what year so is this? I, I don't care if it's coming back or not. I love it. <laughs> I mean, all the calories alone, but delicious. Listen, I'm I'm on a weight loss journey. So <laughs> it's I a guilty pleasure for sure. It's. I mean, when's the last time I've had an amaretto sour? What else do you use amaretto for? There's probably some. I I, I think of amaretto, and then I think of like TGI Fridays or like Friendlies or something, where they make those like really like sugary ice cream cocktail drinks, you yeah. know? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. It's like Amber what wait a minute. What is are are we seeing like a cocktail like or a liqueur trend this year? 
Probably. Yet. Yeah. I mean, amaretto is an almond liqueur, so you can use it in a lot of different cocktails. Yeah, because like, you know, like that one year was Saint Germain and then like right. everyone was using um Aperol and mm-hmm. that, like a couple years ago, like I was like, is amaretto back? Oh, <laughs> you know what? Last year I did do an amaretto spritz campaign. It was it's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Listen, whether you celebrate National Garlic Day, National Rice Ball Day, or National Amaretto Day, we're not here to yuck your yum. We're only here to celebrate you. And moving right along into this day in gay history, why? Because it's important, especially these days. Did you know that in 1978, 1,500 gays and supporters rally on the steps of the state capitol in St. Paul, Minnesota, in support of the gay rights provision in the city's human rights ordinance. You know, uh, yeah, and we're still, and we're still here. And we're still here fighting the same fight. Of course. You know, I just saw, was it Minnesota or Missouri where that, where that um, politician, the, uh, like they're banning trans rights, but he right. voted for child marriage. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't remember which one it was either, but... I think it's today too. They just Tennessee officially banned uh, drag queen drag shows. Oh, I mean hot yeah. mess, hot yeah. mess. Are you following that um, that Ru Ru politicians? RuPaul? No, Ru politicians Instagram. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. I have to check that out. It's AI. It's okay. AI images of Republicans, terrible Republicans in drag. <laughs> Oh my god, I have to see that. Yes, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And I mean, drag just makes the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and a prettier place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Should, should we pause the pod and put on some wigs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I had one for you. I mean, I have enough for all of us. <laughs> Multiple changes. Listen, um, you know what? Shout out to all of those who are fighting the good fight for us out there um, because this ish is only getting crazier by the day. And this is just a reminder that we've been fighting the good fight for a very long time and we will continue just that. But I want to get to the getting on and celebrate Birdie. In your mouth, listeners, if you didn't know, but you probably already do, Bad Birdie has been described as the one-woman show creating captivating and intimate experiences for those who seek her. Yes. (laughs) She has become a presence in the city of Los Angeles, in the hospitality industry, and across the globe. Bad Birdie has partnered with some of the greatest brands in the spirits industry, including Jack Daniels, Hennessy, Crown Royal, Casadores, De Usay, and many more. She creates global interactions unseen by any other worldwide bartender, and she has created menus and bar teams in popular metropolitan cities worldwide. Described as both a dreamer and a doer, she finds creative inspirations through many channels, including cultures, chefs, artisans, and even science. She is also the brainchild behind Kudu Owl, a hospitality service that provides custom cocktails and staff for weddings, private events, 
and even create swag bags and custom bottle gifting for whatever the occasion. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, a renaissance woman, <laughs> if I do say so myself. I, You know what's funny? Because we don't often have uh, cocktail gurus here, um, cocktailiers, what's the correct word here? Mixologists. Mixologists, yeah. Mixologists on the pod. We are, I, I can't remember when the last, uh, lots of wine Lots of wine gays on the pod, but not necessarily mixologists. And so we often start with all the chef folk and the food creators and whatnot at like love of food and where it all began. And it's always like in grandma's kitchen. And we hear these lovely stories of like, you know, like baking with grandma at Mm -hmm. such a young age. But today we can't start there (laughs) unless your mother was feeding you like... (laughs) (laughs) Mojitos at age five. (laughs) But where where does the inspiration come from? Where does the love of liquor come from? I mean, it's it's more not necessarily the liquor, but, you know, the art that goes into it uh, behind the scenes, which is my favorite part. And, you know, using those techniques that a chef would use, um, learning to manipulate ingredients. And I, I guess bartenders are a little bit uh, you can describe them as a chef because what we're doing behind the scenes is using, you know, techniques that a chef would use. Um, so this is this is where I get a lot of inspiration from. And I've been in the hospitality industry since I was a teenager. It's, you know, one of my first jobs. And um, I think as I got a little bit older and, you know, finished school, I decided, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. And um, I, you know, the goal is to have my own bar and restaurant. And that's what Kuduel is, is eventually going to be. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So where did you learn or where did you pick up this like sense or this, or is it just uh, a hidden talent that you discovered, right? Of, of pairing flavors and things together? Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I love being in the kitchen already and I love cooking and, you know, being part of a big Cuban family, like everyone learns how to cook, even the kids do. So I think just that feeling of wanting to be in the kitchen um, resonated when it, you know, when I started to uh, bartend. And in the industry too, like the most sought after position is the bartender. It's like the coolest position. You're just like, they're like the star. Um, And I was able to get an opportunity at one of the first bars that I started working at and the owner there made me the head bartender and, you know, everything he showed me, I just fell in love with it. I love that. Now, are you, when you cook or when you mix, are Mm -hmm. you a feeler or are you more like a pastry chef where it has to be exact science? Um, I think I'd, I'd probably a little bit of both. And if you asked me to make a cocktail on the spot, I could definitely do that just by like smell and tasting different ingredients and adding, you know, and kind of building it on the spot. I totally feel comfortable doing that. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Because I def- I certainly I've done I've run the gamut, I should say, of cooking and baking and definitely the the fussiness that is baking, mm-hmm. right? Because it has to be so exact right. is is not me. And I'm such a, I, I'm such a kinesthetic. I'm such a feeler just mm-hmm. to begin with. So mm-hmm. like you give it to me and I can smell and like, you know, and I learn by doing as well. So yes. Yes. It, it's, it's that sort of feel. So it's really interesting to see 
all of these fantastic creations and like be enamored and like wowed by just like seeing you do what you do via the interwebs and and just wondering like well how does this really all come together is this is this just you know playing behind the bar or is this really like science and exact and it's just like no there, it has to be this you there, know? there definitely is like an, an exactness to it especially from the standpoint of your bar and restaurant because you want the guests to have the same experience each time they come in right so if you have bartenders kind of willy-nilly making you know throwing the ingredients into whatever measurements they want it's not going to work it has you have to have consistency but as far as like my personal style you know, can I do something off the cuff? I definitely can. And it, and if I have a guest that comes in that wants something unique and maybe that's not on the menu, I get that all the time. So I'll just work with what I have and kind of, you know, make make something on the spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was, it's been a full, it'll be two years since I haven't been in hospitality myself, but I was 23 years on wow. and off in and out. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes I miss the hustle and bustle. Yeah. And sometimes I miss that like interaction. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot I don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> so going back, coming full circle back to politics, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those industries you either love it or you hate it. And like the people that are in it are kind of just they're diehard. It's it's hard to get out of when, you know, it's it's fast money. It's every day is you know, you never know what you're going to get. It's a new day. You meet different people all the time. You don't really get that in other industries. Yeah. What's the draw of hospitality for queer people? I can only speak for myself, but I feel that being of service to others is the most humbling experiences that you can do. And um, I think everyone should be of service. And I think everyone should experience that for themselves. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay, Maya Angelou. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) It's the truth, but you know, that's how how I feel about it. One of my favorite things, Bertie, about about doing what I do here, right? Um, In your mouth, listeners, they say this all the time, that... um, you know, we don't know each other. And mm-hmm. so we don't, I always say, I don't want to speak too much before I hit record because it's this natural like through line. It's this getting to know you. And it's right. also the surprise of the candid answer. Yeah. You know, I, I never know what I'm going to get out of my guests. And uh, depending on whether the guest is high energy or whether the guest is nervous or so on and so forth or just whatever. So I love I love when things like that come out because it's so unexpected by me that I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing today. Fine. We will go down this road. Let's get deep, you know. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> Is it Friday night already? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just cracked myself up. <laughs> oh my God, brought to this podcast. We're on a, a queer hospitality journey now that I brought us here. I'm being of service. Do you think that 
um, and brought to this podcast uh, many moons ago at this point by Michael Twitty. Do you think that there's such a thing as queer food or in your case, queer, queer mixology? Um, I, I've, I don't know. I can't really speak to that. Um, it's just me being who I am, you know, and what I, whatever I want to express in the moment is how I'm going to express that into the glass, whether I'm queer, whether I'm whatever category you want to put me in. Yeah. All right. All right. I love this question too, because, <laughs> because it's, it gives me uh, for, to be punny here, it gives me a rainbow of answers. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you know, and you talk about putting yourself into it, right? But it's just like, you know, being, being part of the LGBTQ community here, it's not all that you are, but it's certainly a piece of who you are. Right. And and how much of that kind of goes into or plays into what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's certainly, and we certainly here, we, the Royal We, get a full spectrum of answers of like, oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or there's this, there's this part about it where it's just like, well, you know, it, it kind of depends on the spectrum of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. There's also the side of being being different in a hospitality situation um, can be rough, right? We mm-hmm. all we often talk about toxic kitchen culture yeah. and toxic restaurant culture mm-hmm. here in um, here on the podcast. What has been your experience, or do you do you think a better question is actually do you think that the industry is changing and moving away from that? I think I think it it really depends on the place that you're working at. I mean. You have to remember, too, you know, I've lived in California all my life. My experience is going to be totally different from someone that's, you know, lives in a more conservative state. Um, I've been fortunate enough that I've worked in um, venues where I've received nothing but love from the kitchen, from my bosses, from, you know, staff. Uh, the only times I've had any kind of negative experiences have actually come from the guests. And we all know these are just people that are, you know, ignorant or are just, you know, we don't have time for these people. No, no. (laughs) My last job, my last job was on a barge here in New York City. Mm -hmm. And it was like that, like coming out of COVID where like still at least here in New York City, still you had to be seated Mm -hmm. and there were no menus. It was all QR codes. Yeah. And this is a, this barge is usually a shit show Mm -hmm. of like just bros and their lovers. (laughs) And um, my favorite part was that it was just, they were like, just get the job done, Michael. And so no came out of my mouth so many times and I I was like, no, we're not doing that. Nope. Can't do that. No. uh, uh, at, like it got to the point where I was like, I don't know how many times I could say no nicely anymore. Yeah. So it's either this or we don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had uh, I've been fortunate where my bosses have actually stuck up for me in those kinds of scenarios because I've had people that have come in and they sit down and before I can even get a hello out, they're asking for the manager. And most of the time I'm like pretty confused. I was like, maybe they had a bad experience like walking in. Maybe it was the host's fault, I, you know. I just got here. And yeah. so and so I'm the party. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And so actually I brought the manager over one time and I'm standing there like listening to a conversation 
And this woman says, I don't want to be served by someone like her. And I was like, what? Like, I, I, I was like jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it because I see myself as such a like nice person and just easy to get along with. And so my manager was pretty much like, look, she's actually like the best employee in here. So if you don't want to be served by her, you can just walk out. So the lady walked out. That's 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 how we do it. Yeah. Shout, shout out to good support staff, right? <laughs> that's right. Which is few and far between sometimes. Right. You know, speaking of experiences, and before we cut out to the break, I always say that our stories are important because we never know who's listening. Of course. And who we can affect. And I was wondering, just because we're on this like queer hospitality journey, if you wouldn't mind sharing your coming out story. Of course. Yeah. So um, I didn't come out until I was, I think, my first year in college, first or second year. So I was, you know, uh, 19, 20. And um, I've known since I was five years old. I just remember like my best friend, her name was Sarah, I had a crush on her, whatever that means when you're five years old, right? And um, obviously, being that age, you don't understand it yet. But as I got older, I knew deep down uh, the feelings that I had. And um, I went to a private, uh, went to private school in my life, private Catholic school, uh, through elementary school, private high school, Catholic high school, all girls, and um oh my god you and i are the same oh Go ahead. and it was like my- yeah in high school it was like I, I was petrified there was no way that i can tell anybody um and i dated uh i had a boyfriend for a while um obviously that didn't work out and when i finally got into college i felt like okay there's more people here i feel like i can maybe start to express who I really was. And um, the first person I came out to was my brother. Of course, you know, he was like, dude, I, you know, you're my sister. I love you no matter what happens. Um, My brother actually had this situation where my dad kind of asked my brother, like, you know, I know your sister's gay. Why doesn't she tell me? And my brother told him, you know, well, she doesn't want you to think any less of her. And he's like, that there's no way I love her. Like that's my daughter. So I didn't even have to tell my dad. He just asked my brother and, you know, we were fine after that. Um, my mom is the person that I was actually terrified to tell. And, um, she, I told her and she was actually like, her reaction was more of like a confused reaction as if, you know, she actually said, you know, well, how do you know if you haven't even dated that many guys yet? which is, you know, kind of an upsetting thing to say. But um, she was actually okay with it afterwards. She, you know, it, it, after the, the next day, we talked about it again. And, and she's like, you know, I love you no matter what. This, this is, you know, if this is, if this is what you want, you know, I'm happy for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, thank you for... Telling your story and letting me carry that for you. Secondly, um, we are very parallel almost in our stories of of like kind of coming out. My mother took out all the loans for me to go to mm-hmm. private element private Catholic elementary school, yeah. all boy Jesuit wow. private school. Took forever to pay those loans yes. loans. Hey, Sus. <laughs> you know? And then yeah, I came out to my brother in college. And he was like, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever, fine. And then he said, uh, can I be there when you tell mom? 
because he knew she was going to freak out. Oh, God. Oh, then did she? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I threw her into the deep end of the pool. Okay. Like, which really wasn't, which really, I like, you know, you're, I was 21. She was the last one I told. And I threw her into the deep end of the pool once it was like out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Which, when you're 21, you don't care. You just, well, I didn't care. I just wanted to be out right. and proud and like, ah! Yeah. And like, in hindsight, I probably should have given her some time before like sitting her down <laughs> to watch Queer, queer as Folk with me. <laughs> the old Queer as Folk, you know? And like, all this other thing, all this other stuff. <laughs> Listen, we used to have prayer sessions on the drive up to college that I'd find a girlfriend. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's the story of my grandparents. Like, you know, oh, yeah. every phone call, every time they, they lived in Miami, but every phone call, it's like, you know, what, do you have a boyfriend yet? You know, when are you getting married? When are you going to have kids? And what do you say? You know? Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. whatever. You laugh it off. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, wait, I gotta go. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for you a know? while, I had uh, one of my best friends. He was like my pretend boyfriend, you know. So just just to appease the family, we pretended. Oh wow! Yeah. Shout out, shout out to all the besties <laughs> that like are, are our beards, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Hugh Jackman and and Miss Thing <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> goodness we are having too much fun here and i think now is a time we should have made cocktails for I this know, hello I know, right? what are we doing you should have sent me a recipe <laughs> i would have made it terribly right because my friends say i make terrible cocktails but i don't i think i make delicious cocktails as long as you love they're just them. a little they're, they're a little bo- i i'm heavy-handed okay. i'm just heavy i'm heavy-handed you know you're trying to get the I'm party co- started hello always always i'm always the one with the shots i'm always the one you know, mm-hmm. a, a sneak shot, uh, a little extra here, you know, yeah. a floater, <laughs> whatever, whatever we need. <laughs> well, anyways, I need a drink and so do you. Okay. So we're going to be right back with my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. Let's do it. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Update. Food News Update. Oh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. You can spend your summer sleeping in a giant can of beans and exploring national parks. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's real. Bush's beans. 
Yeah, this is very real. <laughs> Bush's Beans and the National Parks Foundation want to make your summer vacation an unforgettable one. So they're working together to give away a few trips to some of America's most beautiful parks. But you'll be sleeping in a massive can of beans. It's like, it's a, it's a play on a camper. It's a can-per. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty creative, I guess. Right? I mean, wait, first and foremost, do you like camping? I do like camping. Oh, you're from LA, of course you do, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nature and hikes and things. No, no. My wife out. doesn't. She <laughs> likes glamping. Yes, I need a glamp. Yes. I need a I need a proper bath. I put me in a cabin. Yes. Put me in a cabin where I have to pump the water to make the shower mm-hmm, work. Great. Mm-hmm. But I need an enclosed area. Yes. You know? I don't need a... Uh, I would stay in this can. You know? <laughs> a lot of campsites, though, have, have like amenities, but there's some that, you know, have zero amenities. You got to makeshift your own. I like the in-between. I like some amenities. Yeah. So um, apparently, Bush's Baked Beans are a park-friendly fuel with plant-based protein. And so... Uh, they're also infinitely recyclable and completely shelf-stable. So they make this... The whole inside of this camper is Bush's Baked Beans decorated. And um, the winners won't have to cook for themselves as the prize package includes bean-filled breakfasts and dinners made by a private chef along with to-go lunches so the guests can take their meals into the parks for picnics. Um, I hope they're providing oh. some enzymes with those uh, all the beans they're going to be eating. I mean, <laughs> hello? <laughs> talk, talk, wait a minute. Is this uh, adding to like the ozone layer and the gas right. emissions then? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's funny. Listen, I'm Latino. Beans don't feed. Uh, uh, beans don't mess with me like that. They don't mess with me either. Yeah, like it's part of the, it's part of like just me. Speaking of beans, and this is yet another poor Latino thing that I do, mm-hmm. like just questionable Latino antics that I pull. I have discovered this is all non-sponsored, y'all. None of this is sponsored. Um, I have discovered at Whole Foods these bags of pre-made like sofrito pink beans, Cuban black beans called uh, Fiellos, I Mm -hmm. think, from Whole Mm -hmm. Foods. I haven't seen that. They are delicious. What do you just microwave it? You, I don't have a microwave. Um, I don't like this. I don't like the science oven. But. You know, you take uh, you take the bag and you throw it in a pan. Cover it. Low wow. Heat. Bing, bang, boom. Quick and easy. Wow. I'm going to have to go find those. Listen, it's for the girl on the go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're here for this uh, uh, for this bean camper, <laughs> camper, whatever, whatever the hell it is. Right. I mean, it's getting in touch with nature. It's a free it's a free trip. And it's a. Uh, and you get a chef with you. Hello, <laughs> who's be- who's better than the the people who win? Hey, this when thing? you put it, when you explain it that way, it's, it does sound pretty good. Yeah, um, if you want to find out how to win, figure it out yourself because they're not paying me. <laughs> Baseball's new pitch clock could affect when you can buy a beer. Major League Baseball pitch timer means shorter games and potentially less time to buy beer. 
How do we feel about this? What? Okay, wait, how does that even work? So you have a certain amount of time when the pitch timer goes on. Sports, sports, you see? <laughs> I brought sports to the gay podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> but well, you as a queer female should know these things, right? Stereotypically. Um, no, I, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> the role of the eyes? The role of the eyes said it all. <laughs> You're going to time me on when I can go get my beer. I'll just like. <laughs> so the only reason I know about um, how long you have to buy beer at games is because every my brother and my mother are huge uh, uh, baseball fans, right? My brother, the Yankees, my mother, the Mets. We usually take her birthdays usually around opening day. So we'll take her to the game. It's the three of us. It's a family event. I hate it, but. We it's the only thing we do together. Right. So like I, I do it for that, right. you know. Right. <laughs> um, and so I think it's like by the seventh inning, by the end of the seventh inning, you're you can't buy beer anymore. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Um, because they stop it so people aren't wasted, right. like getting out and whatnot. And if something crazy happens during the game, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. So now there's a pitch time. Okay. So now they're trying to shorten these games or like, you know, contain the the time that these games last so they're not forever long. And so it means that like it's now like it shortens the time in which you can purchase alcohol. I picked the I picked this for you because it's alcohol based. Okay. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> I mean I guess I, I kind of try to leave before like, you know, the crowd starts leaving anyway. So I'm okay. Maybe when I see the pitch timer goes on, that's my cue to get out of the game. Well, there's a pitch timer for like every pitch, right? So the newly implemented pitch timer gives the pitch pitcher 15 seconds to start their delivery if all three bases are empty and 20 seconds to start when there's at least one runner on base. Yada, yada, yada. Timers, timers, timers. But there's also been... Uh, some concern that shorter games will give fans in the stands fewer free minutes to visit the concession stands mm. to buy beer. And you know what? Let me tell you something. This is actually, um, now that I'm thinking about this a little, uh, through a little, this is actually a thing because at least here at Yankee Stadium and City Field, um, the lines are so long. Like my mom and my brother, I'll, go, I'll, I'll let them go sit. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, I'll wait in line. I don't really care. Go go live your lives over there. But, like, it'll take me 45 yeah. minutes. It'll be a good 45 minutes before I can get a hot dog and a beer yeah. or yeah. a drink. So, like, this, like, co condensation of time is, like, do we watch the game or do we get the booze? Right. You know? I don't know. I don't really don't care, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, I feel like you and I are very indifferent about this. I literally just picked it because it was alcohol related. And I try to... I try to tailor, you know what? I'm a good, I'm a good person. I try to tailor food news update to my guests. <laughs> five years later, five, over five years later, I have learned the lesson. Yes, okay. yes. Doing God's work over here. <laughs> but listen, this one, this one's going to resound with us no matter Let's what. Because last but not least, J-Lo just dropped a line yes, of did. bottled cocktails <laughs> and the internet is angry. <laughs> I did see this that. This is a twofold. I did see that. This is a twofold food news headline, yes. right? Because because it's you. <laughs> First and foremost, how do you feel about these celebrity bottled cocktails? Celebrities in general, I I, I really don't care for you know the the 
spirits or the bottled cocktails or the stuff they put out. Um, I rarely find one that I really like or I thought that was not done. like an Alize. I know, right? <laughs> Not that blue bottle. <laughs> I mean, when I was 18 or, you know. Oh, my God. My mother was obsessed with Alizé. So it, was, it would always be in the yes. fridge. I'd take a little sip here or there. Be like, ooh, this is like pineapple right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but in all seriousness, yeah. I You know, a lot of all these celebrities now, it's just one after the other trying to come up with their own brand, their own spirit brand, or own bottled cocktail. Um. These sound a little sugar heavy, but maybe kind of good. We'll see. So, I mean, I'm um, going to sample them for sure. Yeah, it's called De Lola Cocktails, mm-hmm. and they're gluten-free, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lola, it means of Lola. Lola is to J-Lo as Sasha Fierce is to Beyonce, we've just discovered, mm-hmm. right? Well, she, made, she made Lola mm-hmm. up, right? So De Lola Cocktails are gluten-free and are available in three flavors. Bella Berry Spritz. Ugh. Palma Rosa Spritz and L'Orange Spritz. The Bella Berry has vodka base. Paloma Rose uses tequila. Mm-hmm. And L'Orange features Amaro, which I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. actually. Especially the, the dark Amaros. Delicious. I mean, I'm curious to try them for sure. And, you know, she's Latina. We have to support her. Yeah, I feel like they're just going to be way too sweet. Yeah. It's it just going to be sweet. like... A sugar yeah. bomb. But the internet is angry, and you want to know why? why? Because J-Lo, for years, professes that she doesn't drink. <laughs> and the whole thing, her whole promo, her whole thing, was like, I wanted something light to sip on. I needed something light and refreshing. This is like a cocktail for the people. So on and so forth. Number one. And then number two, she's married to a recovering alcoholic who's been in yeah. rehab. Several times. Yeah. So the internet is like, why did you not create a non-alcoholic spirit? I mean, I wonder who her target market is for this because the brand feels very like... Our mothers. Our mothers, but even like, like you know, not Latinos. Definitely not Latinos. Like, I, I don't see any Latinos drinking that stuff. I mean, like... You know, the fancy, not fancy yeah. ones. Like the ones that, like, I mean, I love our people, but like sometimes like, you know, there's just part of the culture that it's like, ooh, this is fancy. <laughs> and here comes this bottle. And you're like, okay, yeah, Titi, <laughs> like sure, right? I mean, J-Lo just has those diehard fans, though, that they're going to support her no matter what she does. But um, I don't think it was probably the best, the best next move for her to do. No, especially... Like, how do, how do you feel about these non-alcoholic spirits? Because I've had some delicious ones. I've had some really good ones, too. And there's definitely a market for it. It's, and I'm looking at it from a perspective of people just want to have the same experience of drinking a cocktail. But because they're trying to make more health conscious choices, they want something that doesn't have the alcohol. So I can understand it from that point of view. Yeah, um, there's a bar here in New York, a gay bar here that has done um, sober tea mm-hmm. dances. And so they bring in all these non-alcoholic yeah. spirits and it's mm-hmm. packed. Packed. And I'm like, this is such a missed market mm-hmm. throughout, right? Because especially in the queer community, there's like, you know, sobriety galore. Well, well what you're going to start seeing now here in California is there's 
now we have that market for non-alcoholic spirits, but we're going to see restaurants that are doing um, THC and CBD infused foods and drinks. And because THC and CBD have such regulations, you can't be mixing alcohol with THC and CBD. So, so now these non-alcoholic spirits are going to be in these THC CBD restaurants where you can have these cocktails that have a little bit of CBD or have a little bit of THC in it. Oh, mm-hmm. I love I love to can the THC yeah. cocktail. A canned a canned weed yeah. seltzer. Sign me up. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Jayla? Maybe that's what you should have done, right? And you could have just called. You could have called yourself California you sober. Go. And with that, I think that's the best way to end <laughs> food news update. Yes, I mean ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. Take that to take that to the bar with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the, um, no I live for um, but I do live for a THC like canned mm-hmm. seltzer yeah. you know it's cute it's cute you're, you are mm-hmm. aware but you mm-hmm. feel good you know you're not crazy I mean and also back to Amaro I want more dark Amaro in okay. my life yeah right you're like okay what, what do you want me to do about that <laughs> You know, because there's always like the light ones, but like the the black, uh, the Amaro, the Amaro yeah, Negros. Yeah, the rich ones. Do you have a collection at home? No, I live in 120 square feet in Times Square. <laughs> there's no, there's okay. no room for a collect for a collection right. of anything except. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna have to send you a bottle anyway. Yes. Oh my God. You know, back in the day when I first moved into this apartment. Um, they used to call, I have a full-size bed in my 120 square feet here because it's just me, mm-hmm. obviously. And, um, you know, so I have to find creative ways to store things. And I had just so happened to be getting a lot of booze, right, from all sorts of places. We won't talk about it, um, how that came into my life. But the entirety of the bed underneath it from uh, head to foot was all wine and liquor. Wow. wow. All of it. So much so that we used to call it the cellar. <laughs> and so when my friends would come over, they'd be and I'd be like, you want wine? You want to drink? They're like, yeah, what do you got? And I'd be like, hold on, let me go to the <laughs> cellar. And I'd like dive under the bed and you'd hear all this clanking. I'd be like, well, there's this uh, Barbaresco from 2019. Uh, you know? <laughs> I love that. There's a... Yeah. Oh my God. It was insane. And my best friend and I were thinking about creating like a menu so that way I wouldn't have to go into the cellar and like with a flashlight. Then you have to keep inventory. Yeah. And then that's why we never did it because that was too much work. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next for you? Enough about me. (laughs) Um, So next is uh, focusing on opening up my own bar and restaurant. So Kuduel currently is just um, private events, and we are actually building a 14-foot mobile bar trailer. And um, with the trailer, we're hoping to do events like Pride. Um, There's some events happening in downtown LA that we're going to be doing, like uh, art walks and stuff like that. A lot of uh, vendors are coming out, food trucks, and we would be a part of that. Um, Even like festivals, we're trying to do Coachella. Um, so there's a lot of fun stuff coming up, and uh, we're currently looking for a space in Pasadena to open up our brick and mortar. Yeah, I hear. You know what? Speaking of Coachella, I hear Captain Crunch's 
Cap'n Crunch's 60th uh, mm-hmm. birthday is the hottest party to get oh, into really? at Coachella. Oh, nice. Ale- uh, according to Food Are you going and Wine. Uh, do I look like, well, I do look like I can afford Coachella, <laughs> but I can't afford Coachella. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I haven't been this, I won't be going this year and I haven't been any mm-hmm. other year, but I would love to, you know, I'd yeah. love to live like, you know, a little hippy dippy sort of like in flowy fabrics and you know, maybe next year. But that that also takes some planning. Sure. And I'm out of va- and I'm out of vacation okay. days already. I've never been to LA. What? I've been all over I've been all over California. Not LA. You gotta come. Everyone tells me because I'm I'm such a born and bred New Yorker, um, that I wouldn't like it. But I'm not, but I'm also not the type to be like, oh my God, New York is so good. Like, you I mean, know, it helps having I'm someone like, show you like w- where to go. You okay. Know? So that, that does that mean you're sending me a bottle and a plane ticket? <laughs> <laughs> Let me make some extra money. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, with all those sponsorships, right? honey. All right. Because I know. I know what those sponsorships pay me, and my my videos aren't half as good as yours. So. <laughs> I'm gonna put an extra uh, fee in there for you in your mouth. Listen, plane ticket. Bu- bu- build right? it in, build it in, and they will pay for it. <laughs> Just be like, oh yeah, like there's like there's I literally have thing of uh, uh, something in the works with like a chicken farm. What? <laughs> what? But you know what? Honestly, why yeah. are the plane tickets so expensive to go? You know, to travel anywhere. Internet, like just in the U.S. Yeah, and you get for what you pay to go anywhere in the U.S., the continental U.S., you can go so far into Europe. Mike, for so like when you're in Europe and you can and you're taking planes from each, you know, city to city or country to country, it's so cheap. Why is it so expensive here in the U.S.? For for Mother's Day and my mom's birthday that just passed, because she's been talking about going to Puerto Rico, going to, going to Puerto Rico, and she wouldn't mm-hmm. pull the trigger. So I pulled the trigger mm-hmm. for her. I bought her the plane yeah. ticket. It was so expensive. So expensive. And they're weird days. It's a Saturday to Wednesday, because it was the that was the yeah. cheapest. And it was still so expensive. For no reason. No reason. Absolutely no reason. <laughs> for a, a two hour yeah. flight. I was like, do you know where I could have sent her yeah. for this? Much yeah. money? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. What a fun uh, day, evening, afternoon it's been since we're we're living our bi-coastal <laughs> dreams. Before we close out, uh, Food 52 made cocktail predictions for 2023. There's, um, there's about four or five okay. of them. Do you want to take a stab at what you think they may be? What do you mean by cocktail predictions? Like what's going to be the most popular? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to say Are they all are they all refreshing? Uh yes. <laughs> all right. I'm yeah. I'm going to say um let's do and this is generic. Uh, for the most part, they're generic, generic. cocktails. Okay. Like, ge- like in the sense of like it's it's kind of an umbrella okay. to what it is. Okay. You know. Um, a mai tai. Uh no, I thought the mai tai was last year. No, <laughs> last year was the espresso martini. Uh, which has yeah, bled into like this is- year. 
Yeah, always. <laughs> no, no Mai Tais. But we'll go one for one. No Mai Tais. But um, they did put on this list the New York Sour. Oh, New York Sour. Sour. Great cocktail, yeah. What is a New York Sour? It's just sour? a whiskey sour. without. You could do it with or without the egg whites. And it has a float of red wine on top. Oh, delicious. Mm, that's actually one of my wife's favorite cocktails. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would mess me up. Oh, it's up. so good. That brown that brown liquor and I, we do not. <laughs> we, we really fight. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say, uh, how about the Cosmo? Uh, Cosmo. You know what? I see a lot of Cosmos in New York, mm-hmm. actually, as of recently. Nope. No okay. Cosmo. But uh, Food 52 predicted the gin martini. One of my favorite cocktails. Love that. I love a gin yeah. martini. What's your favorite gin? Um, if I'm doing like uh, favorite gin of all time, Uncle Val's, uh, which is hard okay. to find, but um, I really like Sip Smith London Dry, which more okay. bars are starting right? to have. Because I do, if I'm having a gin martini, I I pick the gin whether I'm in the mood for olives and dirty or if I'm in the mood for like citrusy and right, refreshing. Right. So like my gateway, my gateway to gin was bulldog because I always mm. used to think that gin tasted like dirty money. You know the oh, way like dirty. I, like how, I just like how that sounds. Smell? Gin tastes like yeah, dirty it sm- money. It, it smelled and it ter- tastes like dirty <laughs> money, honey. Mm-hmm. Um, but bulldog because it was so citrusy uh-huh. was my like gateway into okay. the gin world. Right, and you don't see bulldog uh, around don't, very much anymore. I, you know, I make a, I you know? make a. If you like dirty martinis, I make a dirty truffle martini. Oh, throw a blue cheese so olive good. in there, and I will be so naked <laughs> for you so fast. Not that you want to see any of this, but like, honey, you are you have opened the door to something. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh my God! The other predictions got- here are we at. Two more? Yeah, we so we have the, the New York Sour. We have uh, we have more than two more. So I'm just gonna hurry this along. Half proofed, half proof cocktails, like low ABV cocktails. Okay. I mean, what's the point? Like, why not just do like either a non-alcoholic or an alcoholic? Like, why do we have to like do a half? Cocktail? I mean, low ABV cocktails are very popular in Europe. Um, like aperitif oh. and digestif cocktails. So that is a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's their prediction like, for the U.S. Like vermouth right. and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to that vermouth bar in Madrid. Delicious. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Low ABV cocktails. Okay. I don't get it. Like either either we're all in or we're <laughs> all out. You know? I, I'm that kind of, I'm that kind of fellow. Mushroom cocktails. Oh, that's already a thing for sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. At the Wolves, we have a mushroom cocktail on the menu. I, I've mm-hmm. never heard of this. I mm-hmm. haven't seen one. Yeah. Like, is it very, like, earthy, earthy. mushroomy? Yeah, like, you can taste it. It's there. It's still a refreshing cocktail, but you can taste the mushroom in the background. What's the booze? I want to say for that one, it's a, it's a brandy, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, that brandy. But this was a white brandy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Listen, oh, I mean, <laughs> and the last one here is this. Oh, wait, no, there's two more. There's the spritz, but we've been, we've seeing, been seeing the spritz, the spritz forever. Yeah. forever. That's not like, going away. It, it's like, the, yeah, it's like the espresso yes. martini. It's that, not going that's anywhere. That's the queer for any cocktail right time. there, spritz. Yeah. 
I love a good spritz. And then a, a pickleback? Are, is a pickleback making a comeback? I mean, I, I haven't done a pickleback in such a long time. I haven't had anyone ask me for a pickleback in a really long time. I feel like it's so, like, straight pub. Right. Like, it's like those still are in full circulation yeah. at all these, like, all the pubs, all, like, the, like, the dirty bars. down lows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all of that, you know? You know, I like a good pickle martini oh, so too. I, do, I have a right now in my fridge, I'm doing pickled tomatillos. I'm going to do a tomatillo martini. Yes. Oh my God. Did you char them? They were charred, yeah. There we go. Because, yeah, that smokiness mm-hmm. with the brininess. Yes. Oh, I, can, I am here for that. <laughs> Send me a bottle and of that. And there's garlic in it. Garlic. Yeah. Are, are we? You know what I forgot to ask you, full circle, if it was black garlic because it was sweeter or if it's roasted garlic because it's also, there's a lot of like sugar Roasted content garlic, yeah. Yeah, right? But like, I feel like a black garlic cocktail would be good mm, too. I'm going to have to try that. Right? Because it has that like, that really sweet mm-hmm. kind of flavor mm-hmm. to it. I don't know. Well, we've fallen down a cocktail <laughs> hole and I'm not mad about it, Right. Right. What a special day it's been. I'm going to stop talking your ear off because you're probably like, this is what I do at work all day long. <laughs> um, whatchamacallit. Um, give the kids all the handles, where they can find you, where they can see all the amazing video content you put out. Yeah, so the best places to go is going to be on Instagram. It's at bad underscore birdie, B-I-R-D-Y. And my link in bio uh, on Instagram has everything that I'm doing. It has Kuduel, has all my other links, all my social media. So come check it out. I love that. And that'll be linked out in the liner notes, as always. Big thank you again for giving me of your time to come on the pod, chat with me, laugh with me, put up with my tomfoolery, (laughs) all the ease. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's been such a pleasure to have you here. In your mouth, listeners, go to Instagram, go follow Bad Birdie, um, show her all the love, because this was such a special day for me. Also, Last week's episode, um, apparently, I didn't even realize until someone told me, um, I guess on the back end, only uploaded half of it for some reason. And that's never happened to me in five years. But the whole thing is there. You may have to unfollow the podcast and then refollow the podcast and it will refresh and the whole episode will be there. It's a great episode uh, with her, with Ajade. Go listen to her. She does such great work with the Ali Fournay Center and cooking for all our our LGBTQ youth. It's definitely worth the listen and um, just another great episode. And other than that, get out there, do make good choices, have good cocktails, and as always, thank you for listening to In Yo